0: Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. Glad that you're here. Uh, it's good to be back with you, although, as you can tell, I do not have much of a voice. So I'm going to be talking right into this microphone today. Uh, whether you're here in the room with us, whether you're joining us online, welcome. Uh, happy Father's Day. We're glad that you are here. Uh, we like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank uh, I need to know that he's with me this morning, (laughs) given with this voice. So let's bow our heads and let's pray to him as we begin. God, thank you. Thank you for always being with us. Thank you for strengthening us, sustaining us, and thank you uh, that today, as uh, we are right in the the fun part of summer, uh, that we get to celebrate, many of us, uh, Father's Day, uh, getting to thank you for uh, the dads that you've given us or the dads we've uh, been able to be. God, just like we uh, recognized on Mother's Day, today is also a day with with some pain, with some grief, with some brokenness, and uh, God, we pray that you will be present with us here, especially for those who are experiencing that grief of a father who's lost, of children who are estranged or gone. Um, God, we are trusting in you, and we're grateful to you that you are a good father to us. Uh, For some of us, we had dads here who modeled that for us well, for others of us, Uh, you are getting to make up for something that we never received uh, during our life growing up. Thank you, God, that you are a Father who can be trusted, that you are a Father who is consistent in your love for us. You're a Father who meets us here today. You have gathered us into this place to sing to you, to pray to you, to listen for your voice speaking through the scriptures, to meet you at the table of our Lord Jesus. And we are grateful for that. Help us to be open to receiving from you today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're uh, if you're able, if you're interested, let's stand and let's sing as we begin.
1: What a fellowship! What a joy divine! sticky chapter 3, verses 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Who
2: I am. it's who I am. Amen, amen. I invite you to continue this prayer with me. Lord, you truly are a good, good father today as we honor fathers in our lives, Lord, sometimes, well, we stop and remember the good things about our our own fathers. Lord, you've blessed so many of us with, with great fathers, with good fathers, but Lord, we also know that that wasn't the case for everyone. Not all of us had that experience with our dads here on earth, and yet, Lord, I am so thankful that you are that good, good Father who loves us unconditionally. You love us so much, you've lavished that love on us, as it says in 1 John. Lord, you've held nothing back from us out of your love for us, including your own son that you sent to die and to be resurrected so that we could know you, that we could be called your sons and your daughters, Lord. What an amazing gift, what an amazing act of grace and mercy on your part, Lord. We are so thankful. We give you so much glory and honor and blessing for just that one thing, Lord, if that's the only thing we have to be grateful for. It's enough. It's truly enough. I thank you, Father, for each person gathered here who is joining us in this place or joining us online. Lord, What a blessing and a gift each person is to this place and to us as a a whole, as a congregation, Lord. I thank you for inviting us here this morning, for the sweet spirit that, that you bring for us this morning, for the tenderness that I sense from you today. And Lord, I I just ask that you would be with the remainder of this service, be with Pastor Rich as he brings your word to us this morning. I pray your special anointing on him. And I, I also ask, Lord, that we would have ears to hear and hearts that are listening to whatever it is you have to tell us this morning. Whatever message you have, whatever maybe challenge or admonition whatever encouragement or or uplifting that you have for us today whatever lesson that you want us to learn and to know i pray that we will hear for all these things and so many more lord we give you thanks and praise and honor and glory as we pray these things in your name amen amen and now the peace of the lord be with you Thank you, take a few moments if you will and pass the peace amongst yourselves.
0: All right, for those of you joining us online and you don't get to be a part of this part, I apologize. Uh, this is a fun time in this church where people get to greet each other and catch up with each other and. Uh, wish each other a happy Father's Day. So uh, we would love to hear from you, to know you're with us. You can drop us a comment there on Facebook or YouTube, wherever you're watching. Or you can go to livinghope.info slash connect and uh, fill out that little digital connect card. Uh, For all of us in the room, you can just grab one of those little green cards in the back and uh, jot your uh, note on there if you want to thank thank God for something you want us to join in in thanking you or you got something you'd like us to be praying for with you or you've just got some feedback or a comment or maybe uh maybe you're like uh wanting to pray for me you know that I don't you know get over whatever this is it's not COVID is all I know all right I tested for that um but uh, yeah, so if you have something that you want to let us know about, you can jot on one of those green cards, drop it in the little box back there. If you're giving in the offering today, you can, you can give there as well. Thank you to all of you who give so faithfully and uh, <clears throat> to make sure that the ministries uh, of this church happen day in and day out, including uh, you know, sheltering homeless men on Tuesday nights right now, which looks like in July might turn into Tuesdays and Thursday nights, but we'll tell you more about that later. Um, and see. oh, do I have in there something about uh, getting to meet the missionaries coming up on July 12th? Yeah, and it's on the back of the little handout if you got one of these. Um, so Vidal and Marie Cole were with us uh, last year, and they're going to be back in our area. Uh, this summer and so we're gonna get a chance to hear from them uh, on Wednesday night July 12th at 6 o'clock right here if you'd like to join us and uh, Then that Saturday is uh, the Saturday after that is that next Saturday when they're gonna be doing the bike giveaway in the parking lot again So if you have a bike to donate or if you know somebody that needs a bike uh, You can be ready on Saturday the 15th to uh, do the bike thing out there um, <clears throat> all right, before I dive into the message, we also have somebody visiting with us. Uh, as, uh, as I think Jason mentioned last week when he was uh, filling in, Pastor Judy and I were both in Indianapolis. My parents were in Indianapolis. Uh, lots of folks were in Indianapolis for the General Assembly of the Church of the Nazarene. Uh, there were people from around the world, pastors, lay people, representatives. Um, we elected two new general superintendents who oversee uh, the, the whole world. There are six of them that travel all over the place. And there were delegates uh, that were in Indianapolis from all over the world and uh, one person who was there, um, who was doing a lot of uh, translation and all of that, uh, was Pastor Judy's good friend, who she is going to get to introduce. So, sorry. I was about to start doing what you get to introduce me.
2: Well, in 2001, this uh, Brazilian kid showed up at our church. He was 19 years old, and all he could say in English was, hi. Literally, that's all he knew. Um, and he uh, started language school, and within a year, he was attending Olivet, and he went through school there, got his bachelor's and his master's, and then he went back to Brazil, which really irritated me. But he's been a, a part of our family, a part of our, not not just our local church family, but our global church family for all this time. And I he's like a nephew. He really is, like, almost like my own kid sometimes. And he's here. Um, he was down in Indianapolis at General Assembly, like Pastor Rich said, and he, uh, he, he Thought it would be a good idea to hang out with us for a little bit. So we drug him along this morning, and I just thought it might be a good idea, and Pastor Rich agreed to just um, let him introduce himself a little bit and tell you about his church in a place called Campinas, which is in the state of Sao Paulo in Brazil. So Pastor Alan, this is Alon Santos, my good friend, and our our global family.
3: Good morning. Good morning, church. It's good to be here with you guys. Uh, I pop in online sometimes to watch and and pick a little bit on what you guys are doing here. And it's so nice to be. I I recognize some faces. Uh, It has been a while now. It has been about 20 years. Oh, my goodness. Time flies by, right? But I was here. This is my home district, my first license, uh, my first steps in ministry was here in fact it was here in this district where i could understand the lord really calling me for ministry and and i answered that positively the lord took me through all of that and now we are serving the church in brazil i have been working in the past uh, eight years uh, almost 10 years now with church planting i am pastoring a church uh, that we planted eight years ago and mentoring some new pastors uh, that are coming up in in Brazil as well. There is a, a new district that we are actually working with that is going to be born probably next year. and it's it's uh it's a fun. It's fun to serve the Lord. It's, it's great to be able to seek Him and at the same time be used by Him as we learn, as we uh, get closer to Him. and uh, It has been my privilege. As Judy, uh, Pastor Judy just mentioned, when I first got here, I could barely speak, just saying hi. It took me 12 hours in the plane coming with a dictionary to, to be able to say, I am happy for you to be here. <laughs> the first time I arrived, and uh, I really—it was really difficult to learn the language at first. I came to Valpo University in the English Department for about a year and a half, close to a year and a half, to study English and prepare myself before I go to Olivet. And uh, what a awesome! Uh, how awesome it is! to see how God works, because at first, I remember about three months after I got here, I thought I wouldn't be able to make it, I wouldn't learn, Uh, I really thought I had some uh, brain disability through English, and and I was praying to God to help me, Uh, and the Lord answered me very clearly. around the table like this in a men's Bible study, that not only he would help me to learn, but he would help me to go through school so that I could get back at some point and work with the church and serve the church. And I'm just coming from General Assembly where I was interpreting for the church in Latin America, Portuguese-speaking, there are some in Africa as well, and uh, Europe, so I was speaking, busy, running back and forth, uh, interpreting, translating, so what a, uh, how awesome it is to see how God uh, can work in us and through us, and I'm really glad to, uh, to be here and share that with you and, and enjoy that time, and I bring you greetings from the church in Brazil, Uh, The church that I planted, that we started planting eight years ago, is now well and sound. Uh, We are in a good moment, finally, after that, this pandemic that kind of messed us up a little bit. Uh, In fact, one Sunday, uh, 4th of June, the the last Sunday I had with them, we had a baptismal service, uh, baptizing four people, uh, full house. Uh, We had probably close to 100 people in the room, many of them are newcomers. They are new believers uh, visiting and get to you know the word. So uh, I am here to thank you guys. Thank you for for your faithfulness to the Lord and for investing in mission as you have always done. And uh, thank
0: you so much. Thank you, Alan. It is good to have you with us, and I understand you might be here next Sunday too, it uh, sounds like, you're going to get to hang around for a little bit. Uh, now if you're hoping to talk to him, you might have to talk to him next Sunday, because he's getting ready to go over to a sister church, uh, South Lake Church of the Nazarene on 30. He's going to be bringing the message over there, I think, this morning. So, uh, so if you don't catch him after the service, you can catch him next Sunday, hopefully. Um, we're a big fan of uh, people who plant new churches around here, since that's what we did, so just a little bit longer ago than, than eight years, so... Um, thank you for the work that you're doing there and for the work that you did service to the church uh, in general, the global church in Indianapolis. Thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> now, some of you, uh, some of you were, were saying when I walked in, oh, I thought we were done with Job. Uh, no, we're looking at the book of Job all this month, okay? So uh, on your tables, you might see some of those little, uh, this is the, the diagram of the book of Job done by the folks at the Bible Project. Uh, if you go to BibleProject.com and just search for Job, you'll find a great video where they talk through this whole diagram. If you'd like, uh, but it's 11 minutes long, so we're not going to look at, we're not going to watch it this morning. Uh, but I would encourage you to watch it later because it does a great job of helping you understand the book, what's in it, what the, the point of the book is. It's a it's a beautiful thing. Um, so last week, um, Jason was talking to you about how it's, that you would find hope in relationship, and how Job never let go of his relationship with God through all of his suffering. And all of that. Uh, today, I want to focus a little bit on his relationship to these friends, um, <clears throat> and uh, and what they say or shouldn't, so what we maybe should say or shouldn't say when we bump into similar kinds of circumstances. Because uh, many of us, at some point in our lives, will find ourselves able to relate to Job, right? We'll go through some major loss, a grief, a time of suffering, a health thing. Uh, I mean, this is nothing compared to the health things that some of you have gone through, and um, and are going through. And when you find yourself in Job's place, what do you say? How do you you walk through that? Job is in the Bible, in part, to help us see an example of what that could look like. All right? Uh, And if you're not in Job's place, all of us, at some point, will have a friend who suffers, a friend who's going through uh, a very difficult time, and how do we come alongside them during that time? In a way that's helpful. uh, Because his friends were helpful, some, and then they were really unhelpful for most of the book. All right. So we're going to learn from their example what to do and what not to do, what to say, what not to say. Uh, so if you are suffering, they're just going to be real clear. OK, if you're suffering, uh, you can be honest with God. Please be honest. All right. Now, whatever that means for you, be honest. All right, I know this last Wednesday night at our little Bible discussion group, we were talking about this and uh, <clears throat> some people were talking about times in their lives where they've suffered and, and it felt like God was absent, felt like God wasn't there, wasn't listening to their prayers. Someone else chimed in and said, man, when I go, I've gone through lots of difficulties, I've always known God was there with me. It's the only way I made it through because God reassured me of his presence. You know, we, we suffer in different ways. We experience life in different ways. So just be honest about whatever that is for you, okay? Don't pretend, don't feel like you're your circumstances have to match someone else's circumstances. Or your experience of suffering has to match someone else's experience of suffering. All right? Whatever you are going through, be honest about it with yourself, with your friends, with God. All right? That's what Job does. I mean, two weeks ago when I was introducing the book, we started to look at chapter 3. Last week, Jason read the whole thing to you where the first, well, let me, before that, in chapters 1 and 2, maybe this is your experience where that's where Job just says, hey, look, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And when his wife tells him, just curse God and die, he says, "What? Well, should we accept good things from God and not bad? If that's your experience, where you're able to just say, God, I'm going to praise you no matter what. You've given me a lot in life. You've taken away some from me in life. You know, right now, I'm, I'm going to praise you no matter what. Be honest. Say that. Let that be your honest interaction with God. But by the time he sat with it for a week, in chapter 3, that's when Job is saying, like, man, I wish I'd never been born. And, you know, why did anybody catch me when I came out of my mom's womb? Why, why didn't I just go straight from womb to grave? At least then I would be done with the suffering. And he talks about wishing he could die. Um, <clears throat> and for the rest of the book, he's honest about that. He's honest about his pain, about his grief. In, in chapter 7, I put this in your notes. He said, therefore, I will not keep silent. And the therefore that he's just gone back to is like, my life is short. And my life is flying by. I'm probably not long for this world, you know, the way I'm suffering now. So I will not keep silent. I will speak out in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Some of you right now wish you could complain. You you got a little bitterness in your soul having to listen to this voice uh, for the next 20 minutes. All right, I apologize. It's the voice I have this morning. Sorry. Um, But Job was just being honest. He, he's honest with God about, well, that's, and that's the second thing. Keep taking it to God, all right? Don't turn your back on God. Don't do like his wife said, just curse God and die. Um, Job complains to God. He's angry with God. He's upset with God. He accuses God of being unfair, being unjust, but he never turns his back on God. And as I think we've mentioned both weeks so far, at the end of the book, when God shows up, God says, even though Job finds himself having to say, look, I am sorry. I spoke of things I didn't understand. This is, God, you got a much bigger job than I realized. My, my perspective is so limited compared to yours. Uh, my idea of what is just and right is so limited compared to what, what you have to deal with um, on a cosmic scale. Um, I, he repents. He apologizes. He's humbled. But at the end, God still says to Job and his friends, says to his friends, you haven't said what's right. Job did. God honors the way Job goes through this whole thing. So if you find yourself going through this, going through suffering, be honest and keep taking it to God. Uh, in, in chapter 13, he says, "'Only grant me these two things, God, "'and then I will not hide from you. "'Withdraw your hand far from me "'and stop frightening me with your ter- terrors. "'Then summon me, and I will answer. "'Or let me speak, and you reply to me. "'How many wrongs and sins have I committed? "'Show me my offense and my sin. "'Why do you hide your face and consider me your enemy?' He's, he's, he's saying to God, look, if you just do this for me, if you just quit, quit terrorizing me, then I'll quit complaining. You know, but, but please, show me what I've done wrong. You know, why am I your enemy? Why you treat me like an enemy, God? He's just he's being really honest with God. Um, I'm glad in our Bibles, Job comes right before the book of Psalms. <laughs> and a whole lot of the book of Psalms sound like this. God, how long? You know, how long will you refuse to, hear, to answer my prayers? Where are you, God? But at the same time, there are a lot of psalms that kind of take us through that. And most of those psalms that start with complaint, start with lament, that by the time you get through it, the psalmist has realize, okay, yes, okay. I've been honest with you, God, but now I'm realizing, okay, you are faithful. You've been faithful in the past. I know you'll be faithful to me today. Faithful to me today. So keep taking it to God. Don't turn your back on God. By chapter 19 he says, I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes, I and not another, how my heart yearns within me. He's yearning for a face-to-face encounter with God, and he's confident that at some point he will get it. But that's what he's longing for. Again, that relationship is what gives him hope, is what keeps him going. Keep taking it to God, even if what you're taking to God is ugly. Okay, by the, by the end, this is some of the last words Job says before he, he like finishes his complaint. He says, oh, that I had someone to hear me. I sign now my defense. Let the Almighty answer me. Let my accuser put his indictment in writing. It's like he's in, a, it's like he's in court, you know. He's like, I've got my defense all laid out. I know I did nothing to deserve this suffering. And we know from the beginning of the book, he's done nothing to deserve this suffering but he wants God to speak. He wants to hear from his accuser. (laughs) The Almighty is accusing me of having done something wrong, evidently. That's what all my friends are telling me. So I want to see it. Put it in writing. I mean, he is challenging God to show up and to speak up. And in the end, God does. All right? And again, Job doesn't, I mentioned this two weeks ago. Uh, Jason mentioned it last week. Unfortunately, when God shows up, he doesn't answer all of Job's questions, right? We are not given in the book of Job why this suffering takes place. We're not given why we sometimes suffer when, when it seems completely unnecessary. Sometimes it's real easy to pinpoint, right? You know, you're struggling because you can say, oh, I've got this voice because, oh, I caught some bug, right? We know, like, you get sick, it affects things, you have allergies, it messes with your throat. We, we can kind of point to causes sometimes. Sometimes we did something stupid, we're suffering the consequences. Sometimes somebody else did something evil, and we suffer the consequences. Sometimes it's easy to point out where it came from. Other times it seems completely unexplainable. And we don't get the answers from the book of Job. But God does show up. He makes his presence known. He answers Job's cry. And Job has a relationship with God at the end far deeper, far far closer. He knows God in a way that he did not know him before. So if you are suffering, be honest. Keep taking it to God. If your friend is suffering, here's where we get to learn from them a little bit. Don't rush past the pain. Right? Sympathize. Sympathize with your friend. Uh, when they set out, that's what they set out to do In, in chapter two, that's what we read. They meet up, they've heard of Job's plight, they get together to sympathize with him. They go they see his distress, they grieve with him, I think they tear their robes, they, they do the signs of grief just like he is. They weep with him, they sit with him for a week, not saying anything, just being with him. But once Job then is willing to open up to them about what he's going through and what he's feeling, their responses are less than encouraging, all right? and. Um, and they're, they're kind of rushing, what, what it feels like to me, like they're rushing past the pain. They're not, they're not willing to let him continue to sit in it. It's like, okay. I feel like they're saying, okay, Job, look, we've we'll sat with you for a week, man. All right? It's time to get over this. <laughs> I know you lost everything, all your possessions, all your kids. You lost your health. But come on, man, it's been a week. Let's, let's go. Um, in fact, uh, in Job chapter 4, the first of his friends to answer says, look, your words have supported those who stumbled. You have strengthened failing, faltering knees, but now cr- trouble comes to you, and you are discouraged. It strikes you, and you are dismayed. Should not your piety be your confidence and your blameless ways, your hope? It's like he said, if you're, if you're blameless, you got this relationship with God, shouldn't you have confidence? Shouldn't you have hope? Why are you, why are you so down in the dumps, man? What a terrible thing to say to a friend going through suffering. But I'll be honest, I, I think I've done that before, Right? Uh, I've got somebody, I'm talking to somebody who's in the midst of grief, who's going through a really hard time, and I find myself trying to help them look on the bright side of whatever they're going through, trying to see something positive that God might bring out of it, when like they're not necessarily ready for that, right? They might just need someone to sympathize for a while, to sit with them and say, yeah, you're right, this stinks. You know, when, when you're ready to, to talk about what comes next, and, you know, we'll talk, but Yeah. You're right, this isn't fair. You're right, what you're going through is awful. We need to to sympathize, we need to listen. Uh, In chapter 8, one of his friends says, Surely God does not reject one who's blameless or strengthen the hands of evildoers. He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. He's like, he's already trying to get Job to look ahead, like, look, you're going to laugh again, you're going to feel joy again, right? And I kind of feel like he's saying, so come on, man, get off the ash heap. Come on, let's get up. Let's Come on, let's move toward the happiness again. Job's not ready for that at all. He is, he is still in the midst of his grief and his pain. So if your friend is suffering, you, you need to, I didn't, I didn't put this in there, sorry, I apologize. I should have put as a first thing, just you know, be with them. Be willing to go and, and sit in the uncomfortable silence. Be willing to go and grieve with them. Sympathize with them. Get, get close to it. Um, it's not easy. none of us love it. I don't think. If you like that, you're a little weird, I think, but uh, maybe you're wired up that way that's okay. that's good, all right, but most of us, it's uncomfortable, right? We see someone suffering, a friend going through a hard time, and there's something in us that wants to pull back that wants to say i oh, will I'm going to give them some space I'll go talk to them later, and maybe they need space. you know you got to be sensitive to that, but they might also just need someone to come alongside and put their armor on them and just cry with them for a while. Sympathize. Don't avoid them. Don't rush past the pain. And then the second thing is don't argue or explain. Just listen. Just listen. There's a place for explanation, for looking for reasons. There's a place for that, for looking for what God might be trying to do in that, but that is almost never right away, right? And, that, and in my opinion, you let them start doing that first, all right? You don't initiate that. As a person who's coming alongside them, who's hoping that God's grace might flow through you to bring them some comfort or some strength or some hope, just be there with them, listen to them, sympathize with them, and when they start looking for reasons and when they start looking for hope or looking for explanations or looking for what good God might bring out of it, then you can, with all kinds of gentleness, <laughs> then you can begin to say, well, well, maybe this. Maybe this is something good God might bring out of this. You know, maybe this is a way that God might redeem all that you've gone through and, and bring some good out of it. But definitely don't, I, at least I, I would suggest, not arguing with them, all right? Much of what Job's friends say is, like, good stuff. Like, most of what they say is reflected in the book of Proverbs, in the book of Deuteronomy. A, a lot of what they say is like, well, yeah, that's generally true. You know, that God blesses those who, who you know, obey him. And, that, and if you don't obey God, then, well, yeah, life tends to not go as well for you. That's generally true. But they get into this mode of, of like, arguing with Job and telling him, well, you must have done something wrong. Job is saying, look, I'm innocent. There's no, there's no reason for God to have done this to me. And they're all, they're like, well, no, if you want to fix this, you know, if you want to fix this problem, then you should probably figure out what you, you should probably just fess up, you know, because you know you did something. And they even say, like, over and over, like, well, is, is anybody really good? You know, if, if God even falls, finds, finds fault with angels, then, you know, no mortal, no human being could be said to be good. You know, so you're saying you're good and you don't deserve this. Well, we all deserve, you know, terrible stuff all the time. It's only God's grace that you know we get to enjoy anything good. They're like trying to explain away like what's going on to him, trying to convince him that you know, you do deserve this. And that if you would just call on God, then then he would turn things around for you. They're they're arguing with Job about his experience, about his life, instead of listening, instead of believing that he might know his experience better than they do. In, in chapter 6, what I, I didn't put their arguing in your notes. I put Job's response. <laughs> this is how helpful he found uh, what they had to say. He says, what do your arguments prove? Do you mean to correct what I say and treat my desperate words as wind? Like I'm just a windbag here? Like you're not, you're not hearing me. You're not listening to me. You would even cast lots for the fatherless and barter away your friend. But now be so kind as to look at me. Would I lie to your face? This is what Job feels like he has to say to them. And and sadly, they don't hear this and say, oh man, Job, we're sorry. (laughs) You're right, we've not been listening. Let us us just sit and listen some more. That's That's not what they do. They just come back with more arguments. They try to refute him, to prove him wrong. By chapter 16, he's saying, I've heard many things like these. You are miserable comforters, all of you. (laughs) Will your long-winded speeches never end? What ails you that you keep on arguing? (laughs) He's like, what's wrong with you? He's saying to them, what is wrong with you that you keep arguing? He said, I also could speak like you if you were in my place. I could make fine speeches against you and shake my head at you, but my mouth would encourage you. Comfort from my lips would bring you relief. Like that's what he's looking for. He's looking for some encouraging words, some comforting words, and instead he's getting arguments. Um, there's a <laughs> there's a kids uh, show that Stacy and I and the boys like to watch called Bluey. It's on the Disney Channel. It's a fun thing. It's out of Australia or New Zealand or something like that. And uh, it, the characters are all dogs and you know, but like people dogs. You know. Anyway, sorry. Uh, two little girls, dad and mom. And, uh, and other family, they have all kinds of fun adventures and learn little things. And um, there's one episode where um, Bluey and her little sister Bingo are pretending to be grannies. These are hilarious. If you've not seen them, they're so funny. And Bingo, her little sister, uh, what, all, all she wants to do, she want, keeps wanting to dance. And do this little floss dance. This little, you know, some little kid dance. I don't know. I don't do these things. All right. Um, and so they're acting like grannies, and then they'll have some little moment, and Bingo will start flossing, and, uh, and, and Bluey says, Bingo, grannies don't floss. Yes, they do. No, they don't. They go to dad. He doesn't, you know, ask your mother. You go to her mom. Well, ask your grandparents. Oh, of course. And so they FaceTime with their grandparents, and sure enough, they don't know how to floss. They're trying. They're dancing. They're like, oh, you got to give it a little bit of this, and a little bit of that, and over here. And, you know, it's like they don't, know how, they don't know this dance. All right. And so Bluey's like, ha-ha, see, I told you. And Bingo's just sad, doesn't want to play. Bluey goes to her parents and says, Mom, Dad, I don't understand. You know, Bingo won't play with me. I told her grannies don't floss. I was right. And they said, well, Bluey, you might have to decide. Do you want to be right or do you want to play with your sister? Well, can't I do both? No. (laughs) You know, she comes up with a pretty ingenious solution. She FaceTimes her grandparents again, and she teaches them how to floss, and then she shows Bingo, look, look, grannies do floss, yay, and now they can play together again, right? So she fixes her problem, and she she works it out. But I was thinking about that as I was thinking about this situation. I was like, okay, you can be be right, or you can comfort your friend. Sometimes we face that. You know, It's like, my friend might be all kinds of wrong about what's going on, And they might need some correction at some point, but my job right now might be to comfort them. And if I get into a theological argument with them, that's not gonna help them right now. In the book of Romans, the apostle Paul says, we're we're to weep with those who weep, mourn with those who mourn. And sometimes that's what's needed. Sometimes the way God's grace is gonna flow through you isn't by helping your friend understand the incorrectness of their beliefs, and come around to correct beliefs in that moment. You know, in that moment, the way God's grace might flow through you is by helping them to, to know that someone loves them and cares about them. And if they experience that love and that care and that comfort through you, then perhaps they'll be open to the idea that the God you worship, the God that you say you know, has turned your life around, and maybe that God loves them too because they've experienced that comfort and that love, that grace through you. All right, so his his friends don't get that. They keep arguing with him right up to the very end. And at one point, as Job is frustrated, he's like, God's not listening, God's being unfair. My friends are pompous windbags, just keep arguing with me, making it worse. He says in in Job chapter 9, If only there were someone to mediate between us. He's talking about himself and God. He's like, I I can't convince God, right? God's so powerful. How am I ever going to win a case against him? If only there were some mediator, someone to mediate between us, someone to bring us together, someone to remove God's rod from me so that his terror would frighten me no more. Then I would speak up without fear of him. But as it stands with me, as it now stands with me, I cannot. I cannot saying, I wish there was someone who could stand in between me and the God who seems to hate me right now with all that I'm going through, who keeps beating me with this rod of suffering. If only there were someone who could give me some relief, who could bring us together so that I could speak up without fear. Guess what? (laughs) we're, We're standing here today, thousands of years later, on the other side of Jesus. where God sends his son Jesus to be that mediator for us. to, To go between us and our heavenly father. And when we find ourselves wondering, you know, God, are you distant from me when I'm suffering like this? We can remember, oh, no, wait. God isn't distant from the suffering. He came close to the suffering in his son Jesus Christ. He entered into our suffering. He even experienced death. So when i suffer i can know that god is with me because i have jesus who has who has bridged the gap between the almighty god and the broken human he has bridged that gap and and entered into our brokenness with us and god raised him from death he conquered sin and death so it's not like he is a defeated broken human like the rest of us and just left that way no he is currently the Bible says like interceding on our behalf. He, he rose from the dead, ascended to the Father. He sits at God's right hand. He, he intercedes for us. He speaks on our behalf. He serves as that mediator for us. Or in the, in the Jewish, you know, uh, in the Hebrew sacrificial system that we've just read so much about as we made our way through Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, he's our high priest offering himself as sacrifice. And that's what we read in Hebrews chapter 4. It's the last scriptures I put there in your notes. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then... Approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Is exactly what Jesus does, for Jesus does what Job was longing for. He, he serves in that role, making it possible for us to approach God without fear. Job was afraid you know, to, to speak plainly. He found the guts to do so, but He was afraid to we don't have to fear we can be honest with god we can let him know what our experience is like because we know he loves us because he's shown us that love in jesus christ (laughs) this high priest who doesn't argue with us but empathizes with us right jesus doesn't stand there and say like hey i did it i made it through all that without sinning. you should be able to no he, he empathizes with us in our weakness so that when we need mercy because we failed, when we need grace because we're about to fail, when we're at the end of our resources, we can receive that mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need as we approach God's throne of grace with confidence because of Jesus. Sometimes we're doing that on our own behalf. Sometimes we're doing it on behalf of a friend, and we're lifting them up to God's throne, saying, God, please, they need your help. But I'm thankful, once again, that Job gives us some examples to learn from so that we can walk through suffering and walk with our friends through suffering in a way that in the end proves faithful, in the end proves that, that, uh, that, God, is, that God is faithful. Um, we're going to pray in just a second, but I did want to say uh, just once again, if you've not watched that 11-minute Bible project video that walks through that little drawing and you've got questions about the book of Job, watch that video. It's excellent. But right now we're going to pray and then we're going to celebrate communion together. Thank you again, God. Thank you for meeting us in our brokenness, in our need. You know the suffering that is present here in this room. You know the suffering that's present in our world. Sometimes, God, you are calling us to, to be faithful to you in the midst of suffering, to be honest with you, to, to not turn our backs on you, to trust you and to lean on you so that you can carry us through it. Sometimes, God, you're, you're counting on us to go and be with someone who is going through it because they need someone with skin on to sit next to them to allow your comfort to flow through us. Help us, God. Help us to be better friends than, than Job's friends turned out to be. Help us to be a people whose lives are changed by your love so that we can walk into moments of suffering, whether our own or someone else's, with a sense of confidence that you are, in fact, with us, that you do, in fact, love us, and that you will, in fact, see us through. Thank you, God, for the strength you have provided Uh, us through others over the years, the ways that you have reached out to us. um, Let your grace flow into our lives through people who came alongside us, and thank you, God, for the opportunity we get to be that for others. We are so grateful, God, for the love you have shown us in your Son, Jesus Christ. We get to celebrate that with the Sacrament of communion today as we offer to you these gifts of bread and juice. We pray, God, that by your Spirit's presence here we might meet our crucified and risen Savior, our great high priest, in his body and in his blood. We offer you ourselves, all of our brokenness, our weakness, our sin. And we pray that by your Spirit's work within us that we might be changed from the inside out, that you would forgive our sins, wash us clean. Help us to be honest with you, God, so that we can receive from you the grace, the healing, the strength, the wisdom, the peace, the life that you want to give. Change us from the inside out, God, so that we can live in this world as the body of Christ, as your hands and feet, as your sons and daughters. We are so grateful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The musicians are going to come and lead us in one last song, uh, which refers to, uh, I think, is this uh, Redeemer, right? It's a word that comes right out of Job. Job uh, is uh, longing for God to be his Redeemer. And um, I am not going to stand up here and, and, like, cough on the elements and cough on you as you come to celebrate communion. Pastor Judy is going to d- distribute the elements for us. Uh, as we celebrate communion together, you're invited to come forward to take bread from the basket dip it in the juice, and eat it, and return to your seats. Uh, We've got the regular bread and the little gluten-free wafers or the little cups. Or if you just don't want to get that close, you can can get one of the cups off the table and peel it back and get to bread, peel it back to get to juice. It's open to all of us who are saying yes to Jesus today, all right? Uh, This is a gift for you and for me. So let's celebrate. Let's give Him thanks. you again, God, for the gift of love you've shown us in your son, Jesus Christ, and the gift of your Holy Spirit that fills us today and sends us out as, uh, as people who can carry your grace, your comfort, your love to a world that desperately needs it. Thank you, God. Thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.